Well, chances are you probably haven't made it this far into the day without hearing that Zellers is about to make something of a comeback. That's a decade after the discount chain shuttered most of its locations across country. It's amazing. You know, I didn't realize they had up to 350 Zellers stores in this country by the late 1990s. It was opened back in 1931 in London, Ontario by Walter Zeller. The lowest price is the law was always its claim to fame. And uh, as many of us would discover over many decades, um, you could buy just about anything at Zellers. Uh, You may remember ads like this one. New coordinates from Zellers. There you go. Well, of course, Walmart came along in 1994. The writing was on the wall. Uh, And about a decade ago, Zellers all but vanished from our retail landscape. So now uh, Hudson's Bay Company says it's going to bring back the name, at least. Uh, It's not going to be what you once knew of Zellers. More digital, maybe some pop-up stores, we think, in, in existing Bay stores. So why now? And will it work? Joining me now with that is uh, Bruce Winder. He's a real estate or a retail analyst, rather, an author of Retail Before, During, and After COVID-19. Thanks so much for your time. A busy day for you, I know. Yeah, for sure, Ben. Thanks for having me on the program. So a bit of a surprise. I guess there have been some hints, I suppose. But uh, what did you make of this announcement? Yeah, um, there's a few stories here with this thing. One of the, one of the issues uh, behind the scenes is that HBC is battling a Quebec company for the Zellers trademark. So allegedly what happened is HBC didn't renew the trademark for Zellers a couple of years ago. And a family in Quebec snatched it up and opened up a couple of Zellers store and a Kmart store. And then HBC went after them. And, you know, I think part of this is them building a case up to say, you know what? Hey, uh, we, we want that trademark back and we're willing to show that we mean business because we're launching it again. So I think that's part of it. Another part of this is I think that, you know, what what HBC is doing is they're using their existing assets to try to create a new revenue stream. And what I mean by that is they already have all these base stores. They've got lots of space, too much space they don't need. They already have, or I guess they think they have, the Zellers brand. And they built a uh, brand new state-of-the-art robotic e-commerce distribution facility. So when you add all those things together, they probably said, you know what, hey, Let's give this thing a whirl. Let's see if we can create some business here. And uh, obviously, Canadians uh, have a high awareness of the brand. And let's see what happens. It certainly got a lot of attention today. So if it was to raise awareness, they've done a good job already. But as I mean, as I'm sure uh, we all know, nostalgia does not a successful business make, right? It, uh, uh, what? How is it going to look? Have they have they had many details on what it might look like? Uh, you mentioned uh, both online and also in existing stores. Yeah, I've heard that uh, they're coming out in 2023 with uh, a few categories. They haven't named the stores or anything yet where uh, they would have it. I think they said most major cities. But they're going to have housewares and they're going to have some home decor and toys and and pet accessories and things. Start off small. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to have a bit of a a tough time, though, um, because, you know, the discount world kept evolving after they left. You got Walmart who got bigger. You've got Costco who got bigger. You know, uh, Giant Tiger has gotten really big wherever they compete. 
Dollarama, Dollar Tree, they've all strengthened, right? So I don't think there's much of a home for Zellers. And, uh, you know, if, if you're a Bay customer, you're probably not a Zellers customer. So there's a bit of a disconnect there in customers too. Yeah, I guess part of this is also trying to tap into what is becoming a growing market for uh, in these inflationary days uh, for discounts. But it's not; it's easier said than done to resurrect a brand like that. You have to find, obviously, they have to go back uh, to suppliers and so forth. It, it sounds like it would be complicated to bring the Zeller's name back, at least to bring back the kind of things that people might want to buy. Yeah, I don't think they really can either because, remember, Zeller's used to be a pretty big retailer, right? And then the discount segment, you pay based on the volume you buy as a retailer. So, you know, there's no way they can compete on price with the Amazons of the world, the Walmarts of the world, and the other folks I mentioned, because they're only going to have a sprinkling here online and in store, right? So they're not going to be able to hit any type of price point, I think, that would be attractive to any value consumer. Is there still a lot of... Today, what struck me is that how much nostalgia there was for the name. I guess it, it just goes to remind us how ubiquitous the, the Zeller's name was in this country for many years. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. I don't think I've ever had more media calls uh, to, in one day than today. And uh, it shows you how people, you know, love Zeller's. They love the restaurant. They love sort of the whole Zeddy thing. And it really hits a chord with Canadians right now, right? But, however, as you mentioned a moment ago, just because you have a certain feeling of nostalgia for a brand doesn't necessarily mean you're going to buy products there. You might show up for a selfie and, you know, do a post or something like that. But, you know, by no means does it automatically guarantee that you're going to buy merchandise there. You did mention something interesting, I think, or I heard someone mention something interesting today about about the fact that, of course, a lot of people think back to the kind of shopping they did at Zeller's. And then you start to wonder, what could I buy there that I can't buy anywhere else now? Like, what was its iconic stuff? Yeah, it really, well, there, you know, the restaurant was big, uh, as I mentioned. And they, they had, they did some good work with some private label and they had a few brands they created, which were good. But there wasn't really anything, you know, that, that would be there now that you can't get anywhere else. I mean, Amazon has 800 million items on their website, right? So it's pretty hard to... Uh, to sort of be lost there, you know, and, and they've sort of, you know, I think they'd have a really hard time creating a unique selling proposition as well. You know, just something that would make a difference between them and the, and the discounters today. I think they're really climbing a pretty steep hill that they wouldn't be able to make. uh, They wouldn't be able to succeed. You mentioned something interesting before, because every time I set foot in the Bay these days, and there are two of them not too far from where I live, I notice Mm. how much space there is. So this seems like not a terrible idea to at least, you know, create some buzz around the brand again, get people back into the stores because it feels awfully empty at the Bay these days. It is. I mean, the Bay is overstored and overspaced. They don't need the retail footage they have. They have it though. So what they've been doing, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing is they partnered with companies like mountain equipment co-op or MEC. They partnered with mango, you know, they partnered with select brands to have store within stores. And that's not necessarily a bad idea. And I guess this translates to sellers, but, I just think it's a really big disconnect because all the other brands I mentioned would appeal to their common customer, which is the affluent millennial, um, where the affluent millennial really wouldn't see Zellers as anything interested them, I don't think, on the radar. No, I wouldn't, because just because of its heyday and when it started into its decline, if, if, you know, if your teens were in the knots, uh, your memories of Zellers would probably be sort of the end and then the clearance, right? Not the sort of time of being brought to brought there in the days, I mean, this time of year, usually for back to school. 
Yeah, I mean, Zeller, there's a reason Zeller's uh, was in decline. I, I worked there for two years, and, and oh, Zeller's was once a mighty retailer. And Walmart came in 94, like you mentioned. And then they were on a sort of a slow, slow decline after that. And, uh, you know, they're, they're fortunate that Target bought the leases for $1.8 billion back in 2011, because eventually they would have probably went under. What was it like? I mean, I've always had a fascination with how those places work. What was it like to work on the inside of a place like Zeller's? It was great. I worked at the head office in Brampton. I was a general merchandise manager for seasonal for two years. And I really liked it. I thought it would be a train wreck uh, before I got there. But, you know, when I got in there, it was actually a really kind of fun place to work. I really enjoyed it, trying to sort of turn it around. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. Is seasonal is seasonal sort of Christmas stuff or seasonal just each season changes? Um, we had everything. We I, I was in charge of uh, Halloween, Christmas, patio furniture, lawn and garden, all that stuff. We're talking a little bit about nostalgia today about retail. I don't know how much time you spent at Zeller's in the run up to back to school back when you were younger. Um, many people these days, a lot of people may not remember Zeller's too well. When they play the commercials today, the lowest price is the law commercials. I was, I remember those instantly. I just remember, I think a lot of us remember just how prominent the Zeller's brand was in this country. Of course, HBC looking to bring it back in a slightly, obviously reduced and different form, but try to take advantage of some nostalgia for that brand and maybe tap into a little bit of that discount retail market as well. I'm speaking with Bruce Winder. He's a retail analyst and author of Retail Before, During and After COVID-19. Uh, we're talking about the Bay as well and some of the struggles they've been having with the amount of space they have um, to fill these days. Uh, Bruce, I was noticing today that Target was reporting losses as well. Some, It seems like some stores have done okay coming out of the out of the pandemic those that moved pretty quickly into into e-tail but others are really having a tough time yeah there's been uh there's been some really big news out of the u.s with uh walmart and today target uh and and a lot of this has to do with excess inventory um these big retailers uh had to order a lot in advance from the far east um before they saw this whole uh inflation issue hit them and uh, frankly, they had a lot, way too much inventory. So they had to mark it down aggressively, and they're taking a major hit on profit. Sales aren't bad, but profit is uh, is taking a hit. You know, other retailers have done okay. Lowe's reported a decent quarter, et cetera. So it's a, it's kind of hit or miss, depending on which end of the spectrum, which which price point you're at, and and how your inventories are. I imagine because a place like Walmart was famous for having for sort of its just in time, just on time uh, system of stocking and so on, that it always knew how much it needed and how much it didn't. But I guess uh, COVID threw a wrench into a lot of that supply chain efficiency. It really did. A lot of these big retailers had to uh, order earlier than they normally would. And believe it or not, some of the stuff arrived earlier. Like supply chains are sort of sporadic right now. So you might think something is arriving in June. Well, it shows up in May. Or, you know, uh, or, you know, you, you, you thought when you ordered it, you, you ordered enough. And by the t when you ordered it, the economy was OK. There was no inflation. Now, suddenly, by the time the merch arrives, you've got, you know, high, high single digit inflation to deal with, which has changed the way consumers shop. 
Yeah, I, th- I think we're certainly going to notice that this year with back to school. All the stories are about how to beat inflation. Uh, Christmas, the holidays coming up. This is going to be a different season as well. If uh, if the consumer price index stays as high as it does, how will retailers? I mean, you remember this. How do retailers adapt to this fast changing uh, landscape they're in when they do have to order this stuff far in advance to make sure it's there on time? Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, retailers will have to probably uh, dial up their discount. They're going to have to increase what we call the save store, you know. So if they were 20% off last year, they may have to be 30% off on something this year. And it's kind of funny because during the pandemic, a lot of retailers backed off on discounts. They didn't go as deep as they normally did because people were shopping at one retailer. You know, they weren't really shopping around and they knew that it was hard to get merchandise. But now with it being competitive again and with the consumer being frugal, retailers are going to have to dial back up those discounts and show more of a save story to consumers in order to get conversion. I guess it's a pretty good time then for consumers, at least in this time of, uh, of at least belt tightening and, and discretionary spending down. At least you know you, if you need something, uh, you can probably wait for it to go on sale, I imagine. Yeah, that's going to help consumers quite a bit. I mean, you know, if you look at, you know, regular and sale prices, the regular price is a lot higher now than it was before the pandemic, considerably higher. Uh, and the sale price will be higher, but at least you're getting some relief based on sort of where we're sitting right now uh, at regular price. So into this into this uh, co- complex and ever changing environment comes Zellers. So uh, as we as we started this conversation, you mentioned that it's going to be tough for them. Um, any thoughts on what they might do with the brand if it if it is any kind of success? Do you think they'll actually be, the Bay may actually try to translate this into more, or was it are they just going to float this and see what happens? You know, it's really hard to tell. I mean, I think they're just going to float it and see what happens, but. I would be incredibly surprised if this expands significantly, you know, and they, and they had like standalone stores. I don't think, you know, a lot of people were excited about the headline today, but it's not going to be the same type of sellers that it was before. It's going to be much smaller. It's going to be in a department store. A lot of it's going to be online driven. So then you ask yourself, okay, what would I buy on the sellers website that I can't get on Amazon or I can't get at, you know, um, uh, somewhere else, you know, Walmart, et cetera. And, you know, how is that going to work? So when you start to, you know, it's exciting at the beginning, but when you start to really peel back the onion and look at how they could win, uh, there's a lot of doors that are closed. So I guess what you're saying to all those out there who were sharing pictures of menus today, that uh, the restaurant, the skillet, I guess it was called the skillet way back, but the restaurant isn't coming back anytime soon. <laughs> Well, that's my understanding. A lot of people have been talking about the restaurant today, and I haven't read anything about them bringing back the restaurant. Maybe they should, but uh, yeah, that's definitely part of the Zeller's DNA. People love that old 50s diner. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Winter, thank you so much for your insight on this tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Have a great uh, week. Take care.